So you guys like coffee? Well, good, because we've partnered up with the best. Blackout Coffee Company is America's best small batch coffee. The true patriotic roasters of Freedom Nectar that lets you stay on your grind all day, every day. Blackout Coffee Company offers signature blends, single-serving coffee pods, and several types of loose teas. You can order those as needed, or you can join a monthly subscription. Head on over to CigarStoreIdiot.com, look for the Blackout Coffee Company link, and make sure you use promo code ROBW10, that's R-O-B-W-10, for some immediate savings. This was never about money for us. It was about us against the system. That system that kills the human spirit. We stand for something. To those dead souls inching along the freeways in their metal coffins, we show them that the human spirit is still alive. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast, Cigar Store Idiots, and I am Rob. And Arlo and Cousin Johnny are on hiatus today, So, uh, but I did not want to do this alone today. I got a good topic, and I got a, a good friend in today. If you would go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody. What's up? Thanks, Rob. I'm Thomas with uh, Wilderness Outdoor Ministry, and um, it's a pleasure to be on the show today. Oh, man, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. So what do you guys got going on uh, out there? I, I, and I will say this. We got to, I think we got to come out, uh, last Sunday and, right. uh, and I got to break out the old fly rod. I hadn't fished in almost two years yeah. and, uh, I was slaying them. I was, I was dragging them out of there one by one after another. So. Yeah. I saw you whipping over there. I was wondering what was going on. Yeah. I was really uh, using it just to keep people away from me. I thought so you were attacking Ricky. Yeah. <laughs> it's the hardest thing when you fly fish is cause I cast with the right hand. And uh, everybody always wants to come up to you and talk to you on the right side. Right. I'm like, it's not safe for you to be right here. You may get whipped like a dog yeah. or a hook stuck in you if you keep standing there. Don't give so. it to my wife, please. <laughs> I know. She's good. It's like, don't teach my wife how to fly fish. <laughs> well, yeah, what's so, been going on, man? Yeah, so um, so Wilderness Outdoor Ministry, I guess to get started with it, um, we're an outdoor ministry, and the simple version of it is we use uh, God's creation to help foster relationships, specifically with men. Um, we're, we're trying to uh, foster authenticity between men, which then rolls over into their family and affects their children's lives as well. I so guess that's, that's the short of it. No, man, that sounds like a uh, great plan. So I think we need a lot more of that these days for yeah. sure. So I know that um, you and I, we talked briefly about a couple of topics and things. And uh, I really honestly think that we are reaching a point. Uh, I know we've been living in this bizarro world for like the past three years with all the things that's going on in the world. And uh, I think it's now's now's time. Like you see it more prevalently now, even more on social media that you see people are kind of getting tired of the way Mm -hmm. things are going. And uh, men are starting to, uh, you know, come around and act like men again. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Which is, which is a positive thing. Yeah. And we all need, so a couple of years ago I did a, a kind of unofficial study at the ministry just to figure out what were the main excuses that we were getting from men. Because we want to try to alleviate those excuses. We want to try to move the barriers to entry to reaching men. And the number one excuse, do you know what it is? Time. Time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have time. So then that is, ironically, that was how this ministry was born. We had some things going on in our life, and I got away on the lower Kusawati River with our operations director, Charlie Williams. And uh, we were sitting on the edge of a cornfield um, on lower Kusawati River one night. And um, I just remember saying to Charlie, like, wouldn't it be great if we could just get away like this? on a regular basis because we were so unplugged from everything around us. We didn't have cell reception and um, I froze that night, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, that was, that was kind of the first recollection that before this ministry really began when something like this, if it was available, be fantastic. So the challenge now is just getting men to come to partake in it. Gotcha. You know, the crazy thing with me is I think that might've been the first time and, and then I can remember that I've actually caught fish where I didn't take a picture of it and post it on Instagram. Yeah. Post it on Facebook. So, try, yeah, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to like, I guess more or less spend less time on social media and stay more grounded in myself and actually spend more time, you know, reading the word too. So absolutely. That's, that's another thing that's new to me that I'm learning and trying to, uh, make that a more important part of my day as opposed to making, you know, social media a big, 
part of my day. So yeah, I do marketing for a living. So it's, it's just a big black hole. It is. Sucked it into. is. And you know, with this show and then like I had another a previous business that I owned, um, that's how we got the word out. You know, that's how we communicated mm-hmm. with so many people just by, by posting one specific thing. We're talking to 16, 20,000 people. Like at one point, I think our Instagram page was, we were reaching like a million people a day. Wow. And uh, of course I didn't get any residuals on that because I stayed, uh, uh, my monetization was always taken away from me right? because I was too, uh, I leaned too far to the right, I guess, <laughs> to, 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 uh, for their sure. views. So they would always be like, your account's going to be demonetized for this specific topic. And right. I'm just like, what? I'm just telling the truth. How many times have you been in Facebook jail? Maybe four. Yeah. Four times. Yeah. You've gone yeah. to jail more than I have. I, I, but I'm telling you, uh, I deserved it probably. You know? <laughs> so, you know, it, it's just, it is what it is. I think we've even tried to move off of, uh, whatever, whatever, you know, meta we're trying to get away from meta, maybe go back to Twitter since Elon Musk owns it now. And, um, you just want to be somewhere where you can tell the truth and not be censorship, you know, or, you know, demonetized or, Whatever they want to do, I don't. I don't want anybody to be in control of what I do in my content. You know? Right, so. and Meta's come out with something now. Threads. Yeah, they're trying to uh, compete with uh, mm-hmm. with Twitter now. So, good luck to them. We'll see. Y'all keep supporting pedophiles, <laughs> and we'll uh, we'll keep moving in the other direction. Right. So, uh, before we get any further into this, uh, I don't want to do you any injustice. We got to do our what the Florida. So here we go. On today's. What the Florida? A Newport, a Newport Richie man was arrested on felony charges after authorities said that he threw a hot dog at an officer in July. Wow. Must not felony. Felony charges. Uh, so arrest documents said that Jason Stoll, 47, was warned of a violation of city ordinance by an officer. Officers, uh, he told the officers that he was going to continue to sell his hot dogs, that he did not need a uh, permit for that. And he just kind of moved along and kept selling hot dogs. Um, when they were asked to put the hot dogs down, I don't know if they were, you know, pulling guns on him and said, drop the hot dogs. Yeah. Uh, he he got a little upset and he started throwing hot dogs at the officers. And he was arrested. And he's charged with battery on a law enforcement officer and resisting an officer without violence. This is our conundrum. Like we always get these things that these people are, uh, they get a resisting an officer without violence charge. How do you resist without violence? I don't know how yeah. you do it. Is it, how, how do you, there's gotta be something going on. that's a little, vi- I mean, he's throwing hot dogs at people. Yeah. I was kind of wondering if he was throwing donuts, would it still be <laughs> charged? He may have got off. You yeah. may have made him. I would have liked that. It had been a, it had been a lesser charge. Yeah, it had been dogs. a lesser charge. So, it reminds me, like, uh, we had went, we used to go to the Rome Braves games all the time, and then they had the guy that would come out in the hot dog suit, Henry the hot dog. Right. And he would throw, like, hot dogs up into the stands. That was my son's favorite thing when he was little. And if he didn't get a hot dog, he was mad and he was ready to leave the game. He didn't want to be there anymore. And so I'll never forget one time we, and this was like slow motion, like he, this guy rears back and chunks this hot dog and they're all wrapped in like, um, like, a, I guess aluminum foil. Sure. Yeah. That's... So he cuts this thing loose. I'm talking like he, he throws a dart, like he just chunks this thing. Yeah, it was basketball. You see the aluminum foil unwrap and then you see the hot dog inside the bun, like traveling. Yeah. Then you see the hot dog come out of the bun oh, and no. it's like wobbling, like on cartoons. This guy ain't even paying attention. He gets smacked right in the face with a hot dog. <laughs> And the guy gets up and he's ready to fight the guy wearing a hot dog yeah. suit. And I'm like, you got a free hot dog out of it. You need to calm yourself. I mean, so, that's what the officers were thinking. My son would come to me and go, I was like, what's the matter, buddy? You didn't get a hot dog this time? He said, no, I'm ready to leave. Yeah. I'm like, well, it's the third inning. So yeah, sucks for you. We're not leaving. <laughs> well, one of the topics, the, the topic you and I kind of talked about what we were going to get into today, uh, it's, it's not really a fun topic, but it's a topic that needs to be talked about more. And it's a topic that was not talked about enough. And uh, we kind of wanted to touch a little bit on uh, men's mental health yeah. and the crisis that it is, and you know that we're seeing. It's 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 a serious problem. It is. Let's dive in. So these these stats will kind of shock you a little bit. It's uh, it's I, it did actually shocked me. I kind of was really surprised 
at the numbers uh, that I was looking at, but uh, the men's always been the stronghold of the household. The men has all the responsibility. Uh, we it is ingrained in our DNA that we are to be the breadwinner. We are the sole provider for our families. We're we're to take care of our family, and we do that uh, no matter no matter what the cause and whatever the case is. You know, with work, everything we do um, in the United States, seventy five percent of all suicides are actually men. Um, and that has reading uh, one suicide every 20 minutes in the United States, wow. which is shocking. Around the world, men are three to seven times more likely to take their lives uh, than women are. Uh, and, and the theories are, the things that we're looking at that's causing these things is, again, we're talking about depression, anxiety, self-worth are three of the major ones. Uh, and again, like I said, you know, it's we we as men are grown up to know that we're we're to take care of our families. We're supposed to provide for our families, mm. our wife, our children. Uh, there's a huge trickle down. It's a ripple effect that also affects, of course, our families. It affects our friends and our colleagues and the people that we work with. Um, and uh, masculinity's put the pressure on all of us. Sure, but we do need masculinity. What does it say that you'd better be a you better be a, a warrior in the garden than a gardener needing in the middle of a war? I mean, there's got to be some masculinity. Well, I mean, not so much masculinity, but just men got to be men. You got to be men. Um, you know, and again, you know, we're struggling to to fill the role as a breadwinner. I mean, a lot of times we get stuck in jobs that we hate. We get stuck in jobs that take time away from our family. We get stuck in jobs where we really don't make enough money to take care of the things we do. So right. that causes a lot of stress in a lot of men. Right, it does. It causes stress in the whole household. Sure, so, yeah. sure absolutely. Yeah, the, the statistics, I mean, it's just, you know, a few years back I had, had you know, experienced this personally. And I kind of wonder how many people listening to this, and maybe yourself included, have, have lost someone to suicide. Because, you know, before a few years ago I had heard about it, but it didn't, I hadn't experienced it. Mm-hmm. And then when I experienced firsthand, it really it kind of shook some things. And it's typically when when it does happen, you don't really expect it to happen. No, like it's it's something that happens, and you're like, I mean, how many times have you heard people say, "I've never seen that coming." You know? Right. Yeah. And it's it's all too it's all too frequent. It's all too often. It is. So, yeah, I have a story. Can I share a story? Sure, absolutely, please. So, um, this year we're doing an event, an obstacle course race, and it's a fundraiser for mental health. So we're we're raising money to uh, support organizations that, you know, are on the front line of this. And um, every year the ministry takes on a different um, a different theme, a, a different community aspect. Last year it was substance abuse. Um, two years ago it was children's ministry. And uh, But this year we chose mental health. Uh, a few years ago, uh, it's been about five or six years now, I met a man in, in Halfway House. And um, Halfway House, of course, is the transition between prison and uh and back home, and uh, I met this man there. His name was Todd, and um, we uh, we started talking. And um, he's a very authentic gentleman. Uh, I'm six one. He's about four one. So I'm right there in the middle. <laughs> yeah, you're <so>. right. <laughs> uh, but a big heart. And he made up for his his stature uh, with with a great heart. And um, he's been involved with a, with a bunch of organizations and a youth organizations ministry. Throughout his life, uh, he was he was an awesome businessman, visionary, and um, one of the few men that I've, I've seen that can dream big and then make it happen. That, that was Todd. And uh, what I loved about Todd was he was so authentic. Um, when he when he called you, when he when he, when he spoke to you, um, you knew it was straight from the heart. And um, he was known for for calling men or texting men and just saying, "Hey, how you doing? Can I pray for you? Can we do it right now?" And so we were having a um, we were having a a Bible study one night, or we were actually live streaming um, Passion City's Fight Night during COVID. So it was at the house. We had a whole bunch of men gathered, and the theme for the night uh, was that our adversary likes to whisper into your ear that you're the only one dealing with X, Y, or Z. And so we wanted to go ahead and break that myth right then and there. And um, I mentioned to the men in the room that some of the young men in the room that. Of the people that were there at that meeting, or the people that were going to be there, uh, people had been straight out of prison, people's marriages were failing, people were struggling with drugs, alcohol, pornography, just started naming off the list. 
go ahead and dispel the myth that you're the only one that's dealing with this. And uh, Todd spoke up that evening. He gave a really encouraging word to the to the young men that were there as well. And then two weeks later, he took his life. Wow. So, super unexpected. Super unexpected. Um, he, he left behind um, a wife and, and three children. So It's hard to... It's hard to wrap your head around it. I know it's yeah. it's uh, it, it, the thing that we we deal with. I guess, it, it, and we're talking about men's health here. And I know females and ladies they they deal with their with their own set of uh, set set of issues as well. But it's it's just taboo. It's always been taboo for guys to talk about their feelings, you know. And like I, I grew up that way too. Like it, my, my dad was always open and he was loving and caring, and uh, I had I had a good good parents. I did, but there was things that I just didn't tell, talk to him about. I never talked to him about, and I always suppress these things like my whole life. And mm-hmm. so, and I know that a lot of those things that I dealt with growing up, um, kind of, you know, it molds you who you are later on in life. And I did not have a religious background. I did not go to church. I was not in church. Right. And so I truly was dealing with these things on my own. Right. Like, and so I reached a point to where, and I know I'd said this on another episode uh, that we had done. We kind of we kind of br- like brushed across mental health and things like that. I had a a very successful business, had money in the bank. I was single. I was doing like I was living my life, man, living my best life. I was at the beach, having the best time. You know, that you think that somebody could have? I didn't think I had a want or a need, and uh, but I did. And like I, I literally got in, into into such a depression while I was there that I was trying to figure out a way to end my life where it was not. Uh, so my children would be able to benefit from my life insurance policy. Right. So they couldn't say that I did it myself. And I had planned this whole thing out. Like I was, I mean, I was, I was in a dark place. Right. And I had, uh, and I had told you that uh, I was laying in the bed, I was getting ready to go sleep. And my daughter had called me mm. and she, she said, dad, are you coming to see me this weekend? Wow. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, Yes. And then I hung up the phone and I was like, all right, not this week, maybe, maybe next week. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I went home and, and then I had told you, and I'd said like, my daughter saved my life that day. She has no idea. Maybe we'll never have that conversation, yeah. but she saved my life that day. And so we get into these things where we, where we're dealing with depression and we're dealing with anxiety. Uh, that, that self-worth is a huge one for men. Like it's a, and it's not even so much about maybe it is an ego stroke. I don't know. Maybe it's ego. Maybe it is. But if we feel like we're not stacking up enough to where we're meaning, where we're able to take care of the people that depend on us the most, man, that's the toughest blow that any of us can face. I mean, we lose family members. I mean, I've been through divorce, so that's that's a terrible thing too. It's like a divorce is like a death. You know, right. you 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 have to figure out a way to deal and process that. So, um. It, Guys don't like to feel rejected, you know. Guys don't like to feel like they're not adding up or stacking up to where they're, you know. You know, we all have friends that are more successful than we are, you know. And then there's they don't have one, you know, they're able to take care of their family maybe a little better than we are. And that's a that's a blow to us, you know. And we try to figure out, or to myself, I'm speaking from experience, I try to figure out different ways to make sure that I can I can uh, close that gap and, and, and be a better provider for my family and sometimes it's hard. Like sometimes it is, it is really mentally taxing to try to figure out what's the next move or what's, what's the next thing to do. Uh, and it'll put, it puts me in a dark place. Like it puts me in a bad headspace. Mm-hmm. It really does. Yeah. I'm my own worst enemy when I have a lot of spare time. That's the truth. <laughs> sure, so sure. that's why right now, um, like I said, you know, reading the Bible when I, when those, when those times occur, I keep myself occupied with something different other than social media because whether people know this or not, social media is one of probably the most toxic things that you can put in into your head because you're seeing so much stuff uh, that puts you in a bad, bad state of mind. Like it's so easy to get caught in a rabbit hole with something negative and just hold on to it and keep digging deeper, 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 deeper to the point to where it's like it's, you know, you're half your day's gone and you're like super affected. Uh by everything that you've seen and read, right? You know, so you've really you've touched on while you're talking. I was thinking you've really hit three main key points. I think that are worth worth sharing. And the first is that um, mental health it doesn't discriminate. Absolutely, right? we're talking not. we're talking about men today, but in general, mental health it doesn't matter your background, whether you lived a, a good life, you know, and raised in a good family, or 
um, your parents were absent, whether there are drugs involved, whether you have lots of money. It doesn't, it doesn't discriminate. It doesn't matter what color skin you are. Um, it affects everybody. And, um, and the second piece as well is kind of piggybacking off that. It doesn't just affect the person who's struggling with or battling mental health. Um, in the case, in the worst case here with, with suicide, um, there were a lot of individuals that were robbed of a very great person. Sure. And and now they're dealing with the effects of that. Yep. That's um, it, it, they're, they're dealing with their own, you know, depression and anxiety, you know, and, and, and then there's a guilt, there's a guilt. What could I have said? What could I have done differently to, to make, to let them know that I was more available to them or they didn't have to do right. this. Or did know? I, or did I miss it? Did I, was there a cue that I missed? And mm-hmm. you replay that over and over again. You, you go back and look in your messages or, or phone calls or just thinking the experiences did I miss something? Yeah. And, uh, you very seldom get a, get a closure on those situations. Mm-hmm. Very seldom that there's closure when, it, right. when those things happen. And, and his, one of the, uh, one of the family members they left behind his, his youngest son, uh, was seven years old, I believe at the time. Um, and so the father wounds that are left behind, man, uh, that just continue to grow. And then ultimately, uh, you mentioned on it about reading the Bible, but ultimately, it's an identity crisis, especially with Ben. That's what it is, and we don't tr- we don't truly find our identity apart from Christ. Sounds, mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds a little cliche, but when you really start digging into it, who who was Christ? Who's God? I mean, that's, that's a big question. I know for me, uh, I'm very math and, and science minded, and uh, for a long time, I just I, I tried. I was working so hard to disprove that there wasn't a God, and then mm-hmm. it became that I was putting more effort into trying to disprove them than just to see the obvious that was staring me in the face. Um, I'd like to say that from that moment forward <laughs> that I did all the right things right, or that I had the perfect relationship uh, with my Heavenly Father, but that relationship took a long time and a lot of ups and downs, and I'm still learning who I am in Christ. And I think the closer we come to that, the more peace that we receive. Um, it's when we go to battle that we can we can really bring out the full armor. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree with you more on that. And I know that I always kid. I said that uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the meme where the guardian angel's got her face planted in her in the palm of her hand. And uh, I said that's <laughs> that's probably the one that's looking over that's, me, just like right. man, right. get it together already. So so thankful for grace. Yeah, but I but I, I couldn't agree with you more. It's man, I things have changed like drastically like you and i spent some time on the mountain we did and we uh and you're talking about like different walks of life and uh you don't really realize that people that are that are around you we our lives run so parallel to each other Mm -hmm. on certain specific things you know and it's like uh, people sitting at my table that made a whole lot of money and people sitting at the table me uh trying to figure it out you know paycheck to paycheck what Mm -hmm. we're doing next um and then had but any people that I felt like um, maybe had a little tougher than I did, they were going through a lot of other tougher things than I was going through. But man, we still all kind of, like I said, everything runs kind of parallel and we all are seeking the same peace and the same freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we all tried to figure out a way to find that on our own. And you can't, you can't. just can't. You can't. You think you can. I thought I could. Yeah. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I, I thought I could. You can ride it for a while, but you're going to fall yeah, off. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can, it's the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and like I, I related it to uh, chasing filler. I was chasing something to fill up that emptiness in me, like mm-hmm. always chasing filler. You know, whether it be we got a, got a big job, we're going to make, you know, X amount of dollars on this job. This is going to be a big, it's going to be a huge payout. Okay, well, now I'm chasing the next one. Or go to the beach and like mm-hmm. go fishing or whatever, and uh, you know you're always chasing something else. You know it's like it. it my life was so, I thought it was all together, and it was a gigantic mess, like mm-hmm. a gigantic mess. Yeah, it makes me wonder while we're while we're talking about mental health, this isn't a, a new issue. This is this is something that people have talked about for a very long time, and um, makes you wonder. Well, um, what is the solution? To the, to the mental health because it's we call it a crisis now but it's been a crisis for a long time this is that's not something that's new to man and I really do think that the key to that is that relationship aspect you you can't fix it um, I mean therapies can help 
But uh, you, you're paying a lot of money for somebody's opinion about you. That's right, why I always look right. at therapy. You can try uh, <laughs> so, covering it up with work. I know you mentioned earlier that's that was submerge yourself in a job. That was exactly what I did. Yep. Uh, people have seen other people submerge themselves in alcohol mm-hmm. and drugs or yeah. like women. They, yeah. they this always. Um, it ain't the answer, though, man. No, no. It, it's it's truly. I think that the, the success, the key to happiness in life, is is it's relational, re- relationship driven, mm-hmm. right? And that's something we we really drive home as far as the men's ministry. We're mm-hmm. relationship driven, but then it goes back to the identity again. Yeah. Um. You, it's like I've heard one time at a marriage conference that you can't. How can you? You can't truly love your wife until you've learned to love yourself. You can't love yourself. Until you know what love is, right? And I'm talking about, of course, from a um, a faith based perspective. There, sure, yeah. I well, mean, and that makes perfect sense. And so, um, but yeah, um, we, we'd like this year, uh, if anything, we would like to just help raise awareness in our community um, and be able to point people in the right direction. From the very beginning, we've always said that uh, the our ministry um, dabbles in a lot of different areas. We're not an expert in substance abuse. Um, we're not an expert in mental health, but when, when men come to some of our events, we have some men specific events and some family events, we want to have at least a partial answer, right? We want to, we want to be able to point them in the right direction, right? We know that healing, we know where the source of the healing, right? We Mm -hmm. know where that comes from, but we don't pretend to be specialists in in these given areas. So we want to be able to have these ties with our community and be able to have those connections when someone comes to us that's dealing with something that's maybe out of our purview, something we haven't dealt with personally, that we can then hand them over to somebody else and say, hey, here's my, here's my friend, he's come to me, and um, be able to find him some help from there. My favorite thing about me being plugged into the, to the church that I've been going to is, you know, I'm, I'm super eager right now. I'm like green as grass, and I'm eager, and I want to get involved, and I want to do things. I want to be more, more uh, I don't feel like I'm doing enough. Like I go to church on Sunday. I go to CR on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Right, and then whatever other events happen, I'm like, we got to be there, we got to go, we got to do this. But then I have all these other days that are idle that I'm just like, I should be doing something. I should be doing something right now. I'll put you to work. Yeah, I mean, like, there's there's <laughs> there's things that like I don't know. I just I just want you know anybody that's listening to this, uh, you know, our 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 faithful people that listen to our podcast, um, I appreciate all you guys listening. And then I know that one of the things that, that resonates with the people that listen to our podcast is we're just like everybody else. Like we are, we are just, we're the same. We're, we're people like we're people. We're, we're living the same life, going through the same trials and tribulations. Uh, we try to somewhat try to entertain people and things like that. But what I want people to know, and even you ladies that listen to it, that, you know, you gotta, if you got something weighing heavy on your heart, that you're having a tough time dealing with, that you've always thought you can deal with it on your own. You don't got to deal with it on your own. You really don't. You just got to get plugged in. And I was so resentful of like mm-hmm. to go to church and things like that too. But I, um, it's just cause I was always going to the wrong one. That's, like you, that's right. You got to find the people that you can plug in. That's with. right. It, it's a, that's a huge part of it. That's a huge part of battling your depression and your anxiety and your self worth. Like all these things that you've chased your whole life, to where you thought this is what it's supposed to be. This is, I'm going to be somebody because I make this much money. I'm going to be somebody because I work this job. I'm going to be somebody because my house is this big. I'm going to be somebody because I got to have this car that costs this much money. And then none of that matters. Mm-hmm. Right. It's all filler. None of it matters. And it's sad that the, a lot of people have burned, burned by church. They haven't found the right church. Yeah. But, um, just because you've been one battered by one, you can't cast off the whole lot. That's true. Um, you know, just because you've eaten one bad hot dog or been thrown in one bad <laughs> hot dog. Thrown one bad hot dog. Gotta, doesn't mean they're all bad. Got to keep your head on a swivel. Right. <laughs> there are there are good churches out there, are good, uh, authentic people out there. Um, and there's bad ones as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and and um, that's something that we, we come across a lot. Yep. Guys, if you're dealing with, with, with these things, if these things are like weighing you down, if you're having issues with these things, talk to somebody. You're not weak. You're not weak because you're talking to somebody. Yeah, absolutely. You, you gotta, you gotta communicate with your people. You absolutely. gotta, you gotta. If there's things on your chest, don't keep carrying them. Don't, don't let it, don't let it handcuff you for the rest of your life. Get it off your chest. You gotta talk to talk to people that's close to you. Let right. them know if you feel like crap. Tell them you feel like crap. Tell them why you feel like crap. Mm-hmm. Tell them the things that you can. Maybe they've got a solution for you to help you 
navigate through those tough times. Because the last thing we want, you know, anybody listening to this, I don't want anybody to message me and tell me that, you know, they lost somebody or we lost a listener because they, they were having a tough time coping or anybody lost a fan. You know, I just, I, that is what I don't want to happen when you, there's other avenues out there that you can plug into to help yourself uh, or get help for people that need the help. You mm-hmm. know, you just got to communicate. You ain't weak. If you, if you, if you talk yeah, to somebody about weak. your, about your feelings. Right. Not weak. And you don't have to be perfect. Yeah. You don't have to be perfect. No. Don't don't be coloring your hair with Kool Aid though, because I'm gonna call you out on. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm starting to lose my hair, so I don't know how much Kool Aid I can put in. <laughs> I might need to color mine with some Kool Aid, uh, because they absolutely it's uh, it's gray as can be. Um, there's a couple of things. Uh, th- these are some of the some of the things that you look at. Um, the more reasons that people have suicidal thoughts, uh, they just feel hopeless. Um they're 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 ready to die they don't feel like they have a reason to live or keep going on um they have a a greater capacity to uh for self-harm to harm themselves um they're unconcerned with their consequences or their actions um getting intoxicated a good bit to try to mask whatever's going on Mm -hmm. to try to like we said try to cover up that uh fill that void in with something negative self-medication yep that is that is a big one. Um, uh, it's that's the things you got to look out for, and you know, like we said too, you know, men, when we get older, what happens? Our testosterone levels start dropping. Mm-hmm. So when that happens, sometimes that has a it has a tendency to uh, to cause you to feel weak or less, mm-hmm. or like, oh, I can't do what I used to anymore. There's hormone replacement therapy. You can go get there is. go get shots or pellets. Yeah. Go get that. What we don't want you to do is start taking drugs and alcohol. Right. Don't replace your testosterone with drugs and alcohol. Right. You know? When my testosterone levels dropped, here's we'll just get we'll get personal. Um, like I there was a time in my life when I I I take a lot of things that would make you grow. It's <laughs> not good for you. And I took those illegally. But uh uh, it affected me later on in life because I had issues with testosterone and, and when your testosterone drops, you do get depressed. Mm-hmm. It, it is, uh, your, your, your it estrogen is. level goes up and your testosterone levels drop. That's correct. And it's, uh, and it causes all kinds of chemical uh, issues. Mm-hmm. So, um, so get your testosterone levels checked guys. If you are feeling weak and tired and you don't have any energy, energy or injury, <laughs> energy, Go get your testosterone testosterone levels checked. I can't even talk today. Yeah. Go get those things looked at. Um, exercise is huge. Exercise is getting huge. out in the na- in nature is mm-hmm. huge. It is get out. Just disconnect from your phone. Get out there. Get out in the woods. Go catch a fish. Go run. Go exercise. Release those natural endorphins. Mm-hmm. It's going to make you feel better. It's going to help you sleep at night. Absolutely. I mean, tons of things that you can do. Um, I, I I I don't want people to just go get medicated either. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like some people need, need medication, you know, and try to do the natural stuff first, you know, yeah. get, get involved, get involved with a group, uh, hold yourselves accountable. Yeah. Go get your running group or a biking group or get some guys you go work out with. It does wonders for mental health. It does. Wonders for mental health. It does. Men and women. Mm-hmm. So, and then you, you know, the other thing, um, I'm not even going to get into that because I think this is a little, I'm not going to even cover that. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about any of that because we'll take a look at, you know, you just got to eliminate that stigma of not being able to talk about your feelings. Uh makes you weak. You got to get rid, you got to get that. That's some stinking thinking that you got to get out of your head. Some stinking thinking. You have got to communicate with people about things that are bothering you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I say communicate with people, go to your friends, talk to your friends, talk to your loved ones. Uh, and then my bottom line thing is find you a church to get connected to, get plugged in with the, with the right group of people. Right. And the main thing is get plugged in, get plugged in with Jesus, man. Yeah. You got to get plugged in with Jesus. Yeah. It's a, it's a relationship. It is. It's definitely a relationship. I think uh, earlier you mentioned something about purpose. That's, um, I believe that right there is is the key. When you when you get really low, um, when you're at the end of your rope, you know, 
Um, I think you mentioned you'd been there before. Um, I've been pretty close there myself. And um, when you feel like you've lost it all, right, that's where Jesus enters in the scene. Right. Right. And um, he gives you, he quite literally gives you a new name. The Bible, if you read the Bible, it's he's constantly renaming people. Their name names back then actually meant something. Well, the Bible says uh, several places, but here in Revelation it says that uh, we'll receive a new name. And uh, we don't know what that name is, of course, right now. But I believe what that's speaking to is um, that name really describes who we are and God's purpose for our life. And I think that's something that he slowly will show you the more that you, um, more that you study and more that you just, uh, when you study the Bible, and when I study the Bible, it's just with the, uh, the intent of like, God, show me who you are. It's kind of like a diamond. There's multifacets. God, show me who you are. If you're my creator, which I believe you are, show me who you are. And, um, and it's through that that you learn your own identity. You learn the purpose that he has for your life. And again, regardless of what route you've chosen to take in life and where you've gone, maybe you feel like you've lost it all, um, God still loves you. The one who created you still loves you. Mm-hmm. He has a purpose for you. And I'm going to tell you this. Don't think that you've done something so heinous and so wrong and so raw and so terrible that you're not going to be forgiven for it. Mm-hmm. I I spent a lot of my life thinking, you know, even if I did go to church, I didn't, I wasn't worthy of any of it. I wasn't good enough to be there in the house and I wasn't good enough there to receive the word. I wasn't there. I wasn't good enough to receive the blessings. And that's a big fat lie. I'm going to tell you right now. And the church has done a good job uh, of spreading. There's one lie the church spreads, not all churches, but some churches spread is that um, God, they paint this picture of God of being up there with his thumb, just waiting to smash you down every time you, mm-hmm. you take a back step, every time you fail. We're human. Dude, and that's what I knew my whole he life. He knows it. That's what I knew my whole life. That's not God. That, that's why I literally felt like I was never good enough for any type of anything that God had for me because I always felt like from my past uh, times when I did go to church was uh, I was you know, God's so ashamed, God's so disappointed, and, mm. you know, God's this, that, and the other. Uh, and so it pushed me away. It pushed me. I went to a church where they told me, I remember in middle school, that uh, Michael Jordan was huge then. You know, I love basketball. I love Michael Jordan. Right. I was told, uh, if you if you, if you you cheer for Michael Jordan, you might as well be worshiping the devil. Mm. I was like, well, yeah. I'm not going to stop watching basketball, so I guess I'm not going to church anymore. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think a lot of misinformation that you that you get in in a in a church that's not for mm-hmm. you can can damage you as well. So, right? Yeah, you just got to know there's nothing that you've done mm-hmm. that can't be forgiven. Right. We don't want to paint this picture too. You know that, that God doesn't doesn't care about what you do yeah. in, oh, in terms of things. I mean, he is he is a righteous, he is a holy God. Right. He he doesn't yeah. sin. Yeah. But here's here's the really cool part about that is the the being right that God who has no sin, mm-hmm. who does not sin, sent his son to take on your sins. Isn't that pretty amazing? Yeah. Uh, to take on your sins. Um, that's where the forgiveness um, ties into that. But that's that's pretty amazing. Um, and, chill bumps just thinking about and it. And he will spiritually snatch you up by the collar uh, and let you, you know, you, that's, what do we call that? That We call that, um, what is, what did, what did, uh, golly, I can't remember Tim's exact words. It's uh, he's man. I really botched that, but he God has a way to get your attention. Yes, he'll let you know. Yeah, you know, he'll remind you. Hey, you know, why we why we uh, why we why are we going backwards? Right, you're going backwards. You know, he has a way of letting you know. What's funny is this. This sounds like a this sounds like a a church episode, <laughs> but it really is. I mean, all this we're really talking still about mental health right, right now for sure. Um, but it's inextricably linked. Mm-hmm. Can't pull the two apart because mental health is 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 about identity. I mean, that's what it is. And and who are you? And what is your purpose? Mm-hmm. And I just I can't I can't separate that from the one who created me. Right. I know this certainly wasn't our intent to get on here and talk yeah. about church. I mean, but. that's the way that's the way it is now for me. You know, I don't mind. Like I I I implore the you know the the chance uh, to talk to people if they if they want to know. Like what's going on with you? Why are you so different? Why you act the way you do? Because um, I'm a goofball. Like I've been a goofball my whole life. But uh, and I wasn't always like this. Like you, I wasn't raised in church. Yeah. So it's just, it's like I said, it's brand new for me, and I'm learning every day. And uh, and sometimes I have to get 
snatched up my collar uh, and reminded, hey, quit going backwards. Right. What are you doing? So I'm so thankful for those new opportunities, though. For sure. For the forgiveness and um, for the grace uh, to be able to do do what we do now. Yeah. Guys, check on your friends. Check on your people. Yeah. I always just check. I mean, I can't even say it enough. Check on your people. I have a group of guys that we all text each other. We all communicate with each other, which is uh, which huge. And I didn't understand it then, you know, before I didn't understand it. But now I get it. Like, I'm like, we're all checking on each other. Part, part so. of the mountain folk there? And it's actually, like, close friends of mine. Like, okay. that, I mean, people that I've been, and we still, the mountain folk, I still get texts from those guys, too. But it's people that, uh, like, I never really knew why they were checking on me until now. Like, I know now why we, we check on each other. So, yeah. And we all, you know, we're you need a good support system when you're dealing with things, too. And just know that what you're dealing with, somebody else may be dealing with the same thing. That guarantee are. you they're going to be absolutely. They're dealing with the same thing. So Yeah, statistically. I mean, just throw one out there, pornography, right? That's... That's uh that's one that certainly um, is destroying um, our identity, sure. right, and how we view women. Um, I think I read a statistic; it's been years ago, but this is this is a church statistic now, mm-hmm. uh, largest study in, uh, conducted involved inside churches, and I think it says something like eighty percent of church going men view pornography, and uh, that's church going. What is it, man? I'm gonna tell you, like I I had no idea. Um, I honestly, God, I did not know that that was one of the major things uh, that people people dealt with. I did not know that. Um, I have a little statistic on that. I wanted to, um, if I can find it real quick. I'm, um, you know, and again, I'm not condemning anybody for what they do. I just want you to see it with different eyes, mm-hmm. which which is what I my whole life now. I'm I'm trying. I see things when would I see different. I have different set of eyes or lenses that I look through now. Before I didn't care about stuff. Right. Nothing mattered. So, and I even posted this on Facebook too. Um, you know, Sound of Freedom just came out and people watched it and they're like, what can I do to help? You know, mm-hmm. what, how can I get involved? Well, you know, this is a, an atrocity that's happening. It's a terrible thing. Um, my, my recommendation to you, uh, if you want to help, if you want to get involved, first thing you got to do is stop watching porn. You got 35 to 50 million images of child exploitation is downloaded a day, a day, daily. They don't take off days like, oh, it's Christmas week. We're not going, right. we're not going to know it. It's every single day. And on an average of 28,285 users are downloading porn every second of the day. 35% of all uh, downloads are porn. Out of out of all things that are downloaded every day, thirty five percent of that is pornography. Out of four hundred million of those searches, the most popular search uh, term is teen. I'm sorry, it's youth. Pornhub is one of the biggest uh, producers of pornography. Their number one search is teen. These terms have remained at the top ten for six consecutive years. Mm-hmm. The United States is the biggest consumer of pornography and trafficked children and women in the world. We are the biggest consumer. That's hard to imagine, isn't it? It's unreal. Um, just remember, this is this is how I want you to look at it differently now. When you when you you know when you look at it, you just remember when you're looking at it, you're looking at someone's mother, you're looking at someone's sister, you're looking at someone's daughter. And sadly, it's someone else's baby. Uh, and you got to remember, these people didn't choose to, to, to go into this lifestyle. They didn't. Most all people that's in, uh, the women and men that, that are in pornographic movies, that are in that industry, they've all been at some point sexually assaulted by a family member or somebody close to them as a child. And it, and it unwires them. It unplugs the humanity of what it's like to be loved, or what it's like to have sex, uh, all that's been it's undone, like in an early age. And you think, well, I just watch adults. I don't really get into the rest of that. You know, I don't get involved. That's gross. We don't get involved with that. Just remember, drug dealers don't sell one type of drug. Mm-hmm. They sell all different types. So if you don't think that those people that are making movies with adult women and adult men mm-hmm. aren't somehow entangled with people that are producing child pornography, 
you're you're fooling yourself. Right. Um and then my my uh my take on it is, you know, you stand up to if you want to stand up to child child trafficking, uh don't be a part of the supply chain. Mm-hmm. And if you know what Matthew eighteen six is, look it up. Yeah. But uh that's that's the thing, man. It's we just all gotta figure out a way to um help each other. We all gotta help each other on the walk home. That's what we're here to do. And so with me being brand new, um, I don't know everything. God knows I don't know hardly anything about the Bible, and I'm not trying to preach to anybody. But what I would like to do is be uh, in the middle of facilitating you to connect you with the right people. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I'll, I will be a voice for you to get you plugged into the right group of people that can help you on your journey. Right. You know? So we can all get there together. And I love your transparency too. I love that you know you're not pretending to be somebody that you're not and you're you're being vulnerable with with your your testimony and uh you're saying hey I'm, I'm new to this do you know how hard it has been for me not to cuss the whole time i've been doing this <laughs> <laughs> that's my worst thing uh yeah and you know we, I, I chose pornography earlier just because you know i, I battled that for 20 years so I'm, I'm pretty familiar with it and um i'd really i chose that one because unlike some of the other addictions out there i feel like that one hurt that hits a little not hurts but hits a little deeper because it affects your intimacy in relationships. Again, it's, it's pulling you, it's sucking you away. I remember um, during that time, during, you know, a 20 year stint, I could, um, I love people. I could be, I'd go into a room of people, just walk in, but yet I'd feel, I'd feel alone like I was the only person there. And that's what it'll do to you. Sure. Um, and it's an industry that's fueled by money. It's, it's, it's just like politics, it's, it's money. Um, and it can, and that's really, it's, it's selling America out, it's what it's doing. So, we sad. we we become a society of uh, it's going back to the whole masculinity thing too. Man, we're all over the place, but it's it's, it's what we do. I mean, we we don't stay on topic on anything, right? You are you are for a better lack of of, of a term, you're crucified for for having masculinity these days. Mm-hmm. You're toxic. You're racist. You're a feminist. You're like this, that, or the other. No, you're just being you're, you're being a man. You're being a provider. Mm-hmm. You're trying to take care of your household. You're trying to take care of uh, you know you, of your people. You're trying to take care of what's going on at your job. Uh, men's got to be men. You got to be a man. Sorry, right. it's just what it is. We know? we hit home today too. I think when we put some pretty touchy subjects and. Um, especially, you know, when you, you talk about pornography, I think half your listeners probably checked out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, but for real, the, um, about pornography, you know, I'm, I'm free from it now, but for a long time I, I met with failure and I'll tell you why I was trying to fight pornography from the perspective of just, you, you don't like that. You don't want that. You, sh- you shouldn't be doing that. Uh, trying to fight it on my own strength, of course. That's the wrong battle. I, I can't. I can't ever get myself to a point where I don't find a woman attractive. You see what I'm saying? Sure. Like I was. Yeah. I was fighting. That's not how God created me. Right. Like he created me to find the female body attractive. You're right. And so, by trying to tell myself in an attempt to stop pornography, by trying to tell myself you don't find that attractive, like that, that was obviously I was going to fail, and I failed for so long doing that. Mm-hmm. And uh, until I had a friend say to me one time that. Our adversary, I'm talking about the devil here, right? The the enemy of God. What he what he does is he takes the truth of God, in this case, man's attraction attraction to women, and he distorts it. Manipulates you. Right. And so once I once I learned that key fact, once I learned that, you know what, I don't have to stop trying to be unattracted from him. I have to I have to go back to the core, right? Not only God who do you say I am, but who do you who my wife is 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 a daughter, right? Mm-hmm. Um Tell me who she is. Let me see. Let me see her like, like you see her. Let me let me be able to look at a woman eye to eye, like I would my other sister. I'm not from Alabama. Can't help it. But let me. Uh, it's okay. They used to it. <laughs> let me let me look at another woman the way that I look at my my mother or my mm-hmm. sister mm-hmm. instead of first doing the glance over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you if you go about it the whole time and in, in denial, um, or here's another one. Well, every guy looks at it. You know, I'm just a guy. Yeah, yeah, I'm just a guy doing guy things. Yeah, I'm just no, I'm God. Dude, I, was, it's... I was created that way. Well, there's partial truth to that. Mm-hmm. You, you, if you're if you're a male, you were created to find women attractive. Yeah, but God put bounds on that, and He did so not. You know that the restrictions that God puts, and people say, "Well, God has a whole bunch of rules." Well, He's doing that for us. 
think I think Tim preached on that here recently. Mm-hmm. Somebody did, but he's he's doing that because he loves us. It's it's to keep us out of harm because he knows the danger of that. And um, yeah, we have we've we've bounced all over the place, but yeah. I mean it's all tied it's all tied to mental health, right? Yeah. And you got another thing too. Like my daughters are beautiful. Like I have three pretty girls. They're like one's sixteen, one's ten, one's nine, and they're all going to grow up and be beautiful. They just can't help it. And you want to talk about bringing a circus to town? You look at my kid wrong in a restaurant, or look at my daughter crazy. Sure, woo man, yeah, yeah. I'll it. put on a clown nose and we'll <laughs> we'll get down to business. So I've got two daughters too. But it's that's the thing, you know. People, we just gotta we can't look at women as as objects. We gotta look at women as somebody's mother, somebody's daughter, somebody's you know. You gotta you gotta realize it's a person. Not, stop, not just an object. And stop fighting it alone. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is, stop fighting it alone. Yeah. That's not going to work. It won't. You will fail miserably. Every time. You might think you're getting somewhere, and then you're going to get snatched up by your collar. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So, uh, Thomas, before we get out of here, please tell everybody about the obstacle course, uh, where that's located, how they can get signed up, and uh, let's pack this thing out. Okay. Awesome. So it's in Calhoun, Georgia. So it's North Georgia, Northwest Georgia. And the date is August 26th. If you hear banjos, you went too far. <laughs> you went a little too far. Just turn it <laughs> back. A few miles back. Uh, so it's August 26th, which is only, I guess, about six weeks away. You still yeah. have time. You certainly still have time to register. Um, you can register the day of, but we'd obviously appreciate it if you signed up a little bit early. Mm-hmm. So we do a head count. And uh, the the venue is going to be completely off road, so it's it's a five k, which is three point one miles, and uh, completely trail. There's going to be twelve obstacles, and everything is designed to be forward momentum. So you're not going to have to stand there and, and climb a seventeen foot rope this year. Maybe something next year. This year it's um, slanted walls. There's a hundred twenty foot lake crossing, uh, mud pits, hurdles, running through creeks, um, one gigantic hill that just takes everybody out. And the whole purpose of the Divisant Ears is 15% of all the proceeds go towards supporting mental health. That's awesome. And uh, so, yeah, definitely. You can leave a, a bigger donation if you'd like at the end of checkout, or you can just go to our website, wildernessministry.org, uh, click on Give, and then just put a little note there that says, we'd like to donate to this cause this year. Well, I didn't. I just wanted to bring this up. This may or may not happen. We may have, uh, you guys may can get, if he's out of jail, Jason Stoll could be there and, and one obstacle throwing hot dogs at people. So if we can if we can see what his availability is yeah. so. <laughs> man i can't thank you enough for coming in and talking to you and i look forward to doing this again saying this is uh we sure. can make you one of what we call our repeat offenders we just got to get a topic and we talk about it <laughs> i might regret that <laughs> all right man well you take care and it's good to see you as always yes sir and uh you guys get involved uh get involved with your people uh don't try to do things alone just just talk to somebody please just talk to somebody um, and if we can help in any way, shoot me a message in the inbox and, uh, wherever you're at, wherever your area is, I will, I will make some phone calls and we'll try to get you uh, connected to the right folks to, uh, to help you with your walk, uh, in your everyday day to day life. And we appreciate you and, uh, y'all take care. That's it. See ya. <laughs>